When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Thank you for listening to the Late Breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to look out for new episodes every Thursday and Grand Prix Sundays. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Late Breaking F1 podcast. The days are short. The skies are dark. There's no F1 for months. It's a tragic time in the community. But we're still here. You can't get rid of us that easily. My name's Ben Hocking. Of course, joined by Sam Sage and Harry Eid. Are you coping, guys? Are you all right? Um, you know what? I'm, I'm getting flashbacks to the start of the year now, when we didn't have Formula One for a long time. And now we're coming up to the shortest day of the year. And I can look out my window now and it's covered in rain and I'm cold and lonely and I can't see Sebastian Vettel's face on my screen regularly anymore I'm I'm a sad man I'm a very very sad man sad Sam that's me sad Sam yeah um uh, yeah it's it's a sad time uh having so much f1 in the space we had, we had 17 races in 23 weeks like I know it's been tough on the people that worked in f1 but it's been good it's been good yeah it's been pretty much non-stop since the start of July. Um, today, we're going to actually be reviewing our pre-season predictions. Oh God. This is always a hilarious <laughs> one to do every year and realise how little we actually know, as if we don't give that away with most of what we say. Um, we're going to laugh at ourselves. We're going to go through constructors' predictions, drivers' championship predictions. But firstly, a bit of a staple of late breaking, we're going to kick off with teammate wars so we've done this for the last few years we take each team and we say which driver is going to finish ahead in the championship sam tragically is our defending champion i won't be anymore (laughs) here we go so let's kick start with mercedes now did any of us Go for Valtteri Bottas <laughs> to beat no. Hamilton. No, go, 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 go. Surely we're not. stupid, but we're not that stupid. Um, <laughs> all of us did select Lewis Hamilton to win out of uh, out of the Mercedes. So give yourself a pat on the back, guys. One point each. Bing! 
yes, for those keeping score, it is 1-1-1. One, one, one. However, after the next one, it's not going to be. Oh, no. So we're, we're going to go in, we're going oh, in championship no. order from 2019. So we go on to Ferrari. Um, now, if you've listened to this podcast, you know how much Sam... Uh, was willing Charles Leclerc to win the 2019 Formula One World Championship. <laughs> I was. So um, it seems unlikely that he's going to go against Charles Leclerc here, and he hasn't, so he gets a point. Um, you, you've heard how I often call Charles Leclerc God Leclerc. I understand how talented he is, so obviously I went for Charles Leclerc, so I'm going to get a point here. Oh, no. Harry, <laughs> <laughs> do you remember who you put for this one? Uh, did I go for Mattia Bonotto? Yes, you might you might as well have done, uh, <laughs> but you went for Sebastian Vettel. Look, I made these predictions oh. before. Now I've got nothing. I got no excuse. <laughs> Pronto, Harry Spinella. Pronto. Yeah, it's not I, would, off, Seb. I would try and offer some form of consolation, but it wasn't really close. Mm. No, classic Harry getting things wrong. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean just to focus listen. on this Ferrari one. <laughs> Harry's got a delay, hasn't he? Harry's got a delay. He's so delayed. <laughs> oh, no. He's so slow. Oh, this is classic. Well, I'll, I'll ask you a, you a question, Sam. Um, obviously, you went for Charles Leclerc to win. Yeah. Are you surprised with the margin with which he won? Oh, 100%, right? Sebastian Vettel's a four-time champ, and I still have the utmost respect for Vettel's skill level. I think that the combination of Leclerc really came into his stride this season, and he really put the marker down. He became a really fully-fledged Ferrari driver. And on the same wavelength, Sebastian Vettel has his most on-the-beach, can't-be-arsed, don't-know-what's-going-on-season we've ever seen him have in Formula 1. So when you combine those two things, the gap is huge. I expected Vettel to be not tooth and nail. I did think that Leclerc was going to beat him, but I was expecting, you know, 10, 15 points between the max by the end of the season. Yeah, I've got to say, I was pretty disappointed with what Sebastian Vettel put together in 2020. Now, given Ferrari managed to make an absolute meal out of the whole situation. Like, I don't even necessarily blame Ferrari for not going with Vettel for 21, but the way in which they did it was just so stupid. Like, yeah. of course, it, it's a bit unfair on the driver, of course, the later you leave it in the year, but it's more beneficial for the team because they've got something to fight for. And we saw it with the Haas guys. You know, Magnussen and Grosjean, obviously, are not going to be racing for the team in 21 but they at least had that to fight for right up until the last few races. Similarly with Danny Cavia, Sebastian Vettel knew he wasn't racing for Ferrari in 2021 before a race in 2020 happened. Yeah. Like, come on. It was like putting Andy Pipkin from Little Britain into the car and just going, don't care. You know, he literally couldn't be any less bothered about that drive. He's got, and also he had a drive sorted somewhere else as well. That was the, ma- the main thing. It's not like he had to impress other, other teams. He was done and dusted. So it was a terrible way of managing things for Ferrari. And are we surprised everyone all together now? No. no. Harry, you going to join in? <laughs> Not at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, spectacular. Spectacular. Um, so, yeah, it is 2-2-1 two, two, with, uh, with Harry facing a bit of a deficit at the moment. Red Bull, this one's uh, pretty much a default. Max Verstappen or Alexander Albon. I think 
given what's happened to Albon this year, I think we were a little more complimentary towards Albon at the beginning of the season, perhaps compared to what we are now. But it will be of no surprise to anyone. We all went for Max Verstappen to win uh, against his new teammates. So um, three out of three for myself, three out of three for Sam. Not quite three out of three for Harry. You'll hear his reply in 2022. (laughs) 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 Oh, Oh, this isn't going to get old. Um, So we move on to McLaren now. So we know how evenly matched Carlos Sainz and Lando Norris have been throughout the two years together. Uh, We saw that with qualifying in that they still had, uh, they were dead level heading into the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix over two seasons. Now, there was a difference of opinion on this one. And Sam, I'm afraid to say you, you actually got this right I again. Oh, I did! <laughs> I thought I got you it did. wrong! <laughs> no, you did go for Carlos Sainz. Um, but out of the two, because there, there wasn't a lot separating the two of them. Are, are you... Look, if you're going to lose, you if you're gonna lose one, this is the yeah. one to lose, right? I, they are the closest partnership across Formula 1 at the moment in terms of skill level, I think. Um, and I think you can literally walk away proudly saying Lando Norris because he had a brilliant year. The guy was one of the drivers of the season as well. So it was a pure punt. I think Sykes was going to maintain a slight edge because of experience levels, but Lando has done himself proud. So I think the pair of you, did you both say Lando? Was it just you? No, no, it was just myself who said Norris. Um... Harry did say Carlos signs. Well done. Well done, Harry. Nicely done, Harry. Um, It means that after four rounds, defending champion Sam is four for four. And myself and Harry have got to play catch up. Three out of four for both of us. I I mean, the ironic is coming. I feel like that the loss is coming. Well, it's not coming on the next one. Because we go to Renault next. Daniel Ricciardo versus Esteban Ocon. Uh, this was another clean sweep. See, we, we do know a thing or two. Um, we all went for Daniel Ricciardo um, to beat Esteban Ocon, which he did very comfortably. Um, so you maintain your perfect record through five rounds. Oh, dear. But in terms of Esteban Ocon's performance, in terms of points, it wasn't all that close. Did it go as expected for you, Sam? Yeah, I mean, Ricardo again, is second year at the team. It tends to happen. We've seen it with the likes of Science using that experience into the team and then obviously growing into working with the, the group. And Ricardo's done the same thing. It's a shame he's leaving, if anything. But Ocon had extra time off than everyone else. Obviously, we all got the six months reduction in racing at the start of the year. But Ocon had a year and a half. Always going to be tough to come back into it. And Ricardo is one of the, the prime talents on the grid. You can't look past him when it comes to his overtaking ability. And as a mature driver that he's become now, he really does have kind of assets in all areas. So I think Ocon had a good season. It wasn't great. It wasn't incredible, but it wasn't bad. I think he did well for a first season back. He just had to come up against Daniel Ricardo, who I think was absolutely on fire, fire this season. What are your thoughts on that, Harry? Do you think this uh, Renault battle was more a case of Ricardo being as brilliant as he was? Or do you think Ocon's shortcomings are, are more to do with the gap? Bit of both for me. I think Ricardo, Sam said Ricardo was fire, fire this year. Um, uh, he really, st- you know, not stepped up. He he was at the level we, we expect from him. He wasn't at that level last year. And I think it took Ocon a long time to get into or get used to that car. So, um yeah, we've seen we saw glimpses of what he can do towards the latter end of the season. He seemed to be more on Ricardo's pace, which is encouraging for him going into next year. But yeah, I think it's a bit of underperforming from Ocon at the start and and Ricardo being just doing Ricardo things. 
Yeah, I, I think overall, and I've, I've stressed this quite a few times, Ocon was uh, coming off of one season out of the sport, but he was coming out of 18 months out of the sport, essentially, due to the season not starting in July, which made an already difficult situation that much more difficult. So 18 months out of a car has to go up against Daniel Ricciardo, who I think is one of the top three or four drivers on the grid. And he's entering a brand new team, a brand new power unit. And Daniel Ricciardo's had a year to settle at that point. Carlos Sainz is a great comparison point, as you've already said, Sam. So, um, yeah, I I always thought Ocon was going to struggle. To be perfectly honest, I think it went exactly as expected. I I didn't think Ocon would get any closer than what he did. Um, And I, I think overall, it wasn't the best season in the world from Ocon. It was okay enough for him to get another season, no doubt about that whatsoever. But how he does against Fernando Alonso in twenty twenty one, that could be that could be make or break for him. So moving on to the sixth team, Sam five out of five becomes six out of six because we all we all went for Pierre Gasly to beat Danny Kvyat. Uh, Harry, do you think did you think Kvyat would get closer? Uh, I think after last year, you would probably say yes. Um, Kvyat had a pretty solid 2019 and obviously Gaz didn't have a great year getting demoted from the Red Bull seat. So, um, yeah, uh, I think that, you know, Gaz is one of the drivers of the season. So I think he's been more of a surprise. I think Kvyat still had an okay year. Uh, he he kind of turned up at the, for the last couple of races, which was a bit late by then for his seat. But um yeah, I, I, you know, I think we all suspected perhaps Gasly was a better driver. It was just a case of could he get his head head straight, which he evidently did this year. What do you reckon, Sam? Do you think Kvyat should have got a bit closer to Gasly? With hindsight, this is a sure thing with this prediction. But actually, if you look back at the start of the season and how Gasly kind of ended that previous year and what was going on with the whole Red Bull transition into Alpha Tauri and. I I think that it should have been closer. And I think that it's actually quite surprising now that we all went for Gasly so confidently because Kvyat's no slouch. Kvyat's great. He's beating a lot of good teammates over his time. And this year wasn't ideal for him. It definitely wasn't bad. But Gasly has stepped it up beyond belief, I think. I think he's one of the real surprises of the season. We all know he was good. But I think this year he's proven that he is top class and deserving of a front-facing seat. You know, one of those ones that could take it for race wings or for challenging for podiums regularly. I don't think you could safely say that that was your prediction at the start of the season. That would have been bold, I think, if you could say that Gasly would be one of the drivers of the season and he's won a race. That, he deserves every bit of credit because I don't think anyone suspected that. So Kvyat's been beaten by a driver that's turned it up to, you know, 12 out of 10 there. And I think Kvyat has had an all right year. Yeah, I think this one's pretty comparable to Esteban Ocon, to be perfectly honest. I I think they both had reasonable years against drivers who had a great season overall. I think Danny Kvyat was was quite unlucky in patches. Um, And you've got to be careful with your words here, I guess, but with Pierre Gasly and his performance at Monza, because it was an epic result. But there was an element of fortune in that there was an element of fortune in him getting in that position in the first place. Now, I'm not questioning the execution of what was laid out in front of him. No doubt about that whatsoever. But Gasly definitely benefited from the circumstances that opened up to him in the race. And there's every chance that 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 could have happened for Danny Kvyat. A very similar situation, of course. Hockenheim 2019. Danny Kvyat was at the back of the field, 
got lucky with the the timing of, uh, of of the pit stop and managed to manage to get P2 in that Grand Prix. I think when you are in that midfield, you do occasionally just need that little bit of luck to find yourself in a position to score big points. Having said that, Gasly was the better driver this year. No question whatsoever. And he was one of the best drivers this season. So I thought Kvyat would get a bit closer than this. And I think in all honesty, he probably deserved to be a little closer than this. Yeah, and that's a fair uh, assumption there, Benjamin. Good analysis. So, we, we've we done six teams now. And, I mean, we're doing surprisingly well. Yeah. You've got six out of six, Sam. Me and Harry both got five out of six. Does it go wrong here? <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> what what have we done? Do we know F1? We know F1 because we move on to Racing Point now and we all went for Sergio Perez. Bloody hell. We all went for Sergio Perez, um, which, to be fair, looking about halfway through the season, it was a bit touch and go. Obviously, the two races that Perez missed did impact in that. But I would say it's only in the second half of the season where Perez has been able to accelerate, at least in terms of points, away from Lance Stroll. Sam, at any point during the season, did you think Lance Stroll would have a chance at beating Perez? Yeah, I did. I think Perez had a really bad start to the season. Not bad, but like in terms of Perez's ability, I think it was bad. I think Stroll had the edge on Perez over the first couple of races. And then COVID hit. Obviously, Stroll was then hit with COVID later on in the season, which is unfortunate for both of them. But... You know, I think Stroll was probably the more consistent driver of the first three or four races. And Perez had that incident in Austria where, you know, uh, he crashed into Albon and that front wing went flying. That was silly. Perez was just making mistakes that are unexpected from him. But Perez decided to get himself together and had an absolutely blinding second half of the season. And I'm glad that, you know, he's not going to be in F1. Well, as we know, currently, there's still a seat available. As we know, currently, he's not going to be there. And I'm glad that he has such a stellar final few races of this season and came out on top because I don't think Stroll did himself too badly. I think Stroll had a couple of bad moments, but I think Stroll showed a markable improvement this season on last season. And that's what you want from a driver that's young and improving. So they both did brilliantly, but it came out in the end, I think, as expected. What do you reckon, Harry? Uh, yeah, it. I mean, as Sam said, it wasn't a great start to the season for, for Sergio, not necessarily all his fault. Um, yeah, and I think touch and go is the right word because, you know, you could, you would have thought he's missed two races. I know Stroll missed one, but uh, the deficit was probably enough that you think, oh, well, then Sergio might still win, but it might not be by much out of the two of them. But then, he, as Sam said, he absolutely smashed the rest of the year. Um, and, yeah, he's just, just been stellar. Uh, uh, we've touched on this subject before. We, I hope he does get a seat somewhere, but it doesn't look likely at the moment. Um, but yeah, but that as again, it doesn't necessarily say that Stroll's had a bad season. I, th- I agree with Sam. I think he's had a, a, a good year, probably his best year yet. Uh, I mean, he got a pole position for crying out loud. So um, yeah, I think it's been a solid year all around for the for the Racing Point boys. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree that Stroll had the advantage in the early runnings. You, you remember um, the first race in Austria, actually. Stroll was in a pretty good spot and retired from the Grand Prix. And, you know, Perez had that good comeback in uh, at the Styrian Grand Prix, so still at the Red Bull ring. Uh, sort of ruined it for himself in the last few laps of that one. But 
yeah, he he did a pretty good job there. But I think overall, Stroll had the advantage early on. Um, if you remember the the third race of the season at Hungary, Stroll I think was maybe P four in that Grand Prix or something along those lines. P four, P five. Perez was nowhere in comparison to him. Stroll had the advantage all throughout that weekend, and at that point in the year, it, it got me thinking that maybe Stroll has made a massive leap forward here and he can compete with Sergio Perez across a full season because that is no mean feat whatsoever. Second half of the season, though, Perez for me was far superior to Lance Stroll, which is which is why um, you know I which is why I've ranked Perez much higher than Stroll in rankings. And yeah, I, I think Perez showed his true class at the end of the season. The, the second half of the season, he might well have been the best driver on the grid, like full stop. Um, him versus Hamilton in that respect for me in the second half of the season. So very well done from him. Now we get to the the back markers, I guess we can call them. I think these two coming up are the trickiest two, actually. Now I think about it. I think apart from McLaren, these two are where it's, you know, it's close. So Alfa Romeo... Giovinazzi versus Kimi Raikkonen. Now, they actually finished on the same number of points. It was four all. Oh, we all win. However, Kimi Raikkonen technically won by tiebreak. He he finished ninth twice rather than Giovinazzi, who finished ninth, tenth and tenth. Um, so actually, it is Raikkonen who technically wins, which is really painful for me to say. Because I'm the only one that went for Giovinazzi. I was going to say I disagree with that rule count, but I love it, Ben. Keep that up. Way! <laughs> if we are going purely off championship standings, that that's how it works. Well, this is fun. I like this. Do I get the next two wrong? I hope I don't get the next two wrong. This is good fun. Kimmy, Gio, I don't think either should have a seat, to be honest. Gio was all right. I think he's had his time. Maybe he gets one more year before the new era comes in, but... Kimmy should definitely be gone now. Sorry. Sorry to all you Kimmy lovers. He has been good in the past. He's now just a seat filler. And there's a lot of people that deserve one. Callum Ilott, for crying out loud, he deserves a go in F1. I don't think he'll ever be a world champion, but the man deserves to have a go. And it's now just a bit of a seat hog. So, yeah, there you go. Honestly, the amount of stick you two gave me for picking Giovinazzi (laughs) over Raikkonen. I wish, (laughs) if we could play the audio, that'd be brilliant. But the... You gave me so much stick for choosing him. <laughs> and he's ended up losing due to a technicality. Still, I'm so lost. annoyed. He lost. It, he, that's the thing. He lost. He lost. Oh, so, well, happened. Well, uh, what, what do you think, Harry, on the Alfa Romeo situation? Because it's very difficult to actually judge how good or, or poorly they, they are, considering how bad that car was, even in comparison to 2019. I mean, I disagree with Sam. Kimi deserves a seat next year purely for the complete filthy switchback he pulled on signs at the Portuguese GP. That was fire! (laughs) So good. Um, Yeah, neither of them had a great season, did they? I mean, the car's not great, but uh, Kimi did show flashes, but yeah, I'm surprised that the the lineup's staying the same next year. I don't... Yeah. I don't know which one you would get rid of, you know, as the points you know show that they're, they're remarkably close in performance this year. Um, but I agree with Sam Callum. I like, or should have got a seat over one of them. I don't know which one um, I would keep. Probably Kimmy to have the experience next to next to I lot. But 
I agree. He has been there for about 43 years. I saw today that... <laughs> I, I think so. I saw today that Yuki Tsunoda is obviously the first driver in the 2000, born in the 2000s to race in F1 next year. And that means he was 10 months old when Kimi made his debut, which is just ridiculous. <laughs> That's mad. That is crazy. We've got a driver from the... Se- is it the 70s? Was Kimi born in the like, 79? Yeah. Yeah. So we've got a driver from the 70s. We've got a driver from the noughties. That is just ridiculous. What other sport has an age gap that big and it's still competitive? Like the top tier of sport. That is crazy. It's crazy that we have on the ne- on next year's grid, we have a driver who wasn't alive for either of Mika Hakkinen's championship wins. <laughs> and we also have a driver who would have been alive when Mario Andretti was still racing in Formula One. Wow. <laughs> that is that is a good combination. Wow. <laughs> Crazy. So uh, overall then, it means that Raikkonen 4, Giovinazzi 4, but Raikkonen technically wins, in which case I am trailing on um, on 6 out of 8. Harry's got 7 out of 8. And Sam has got 8 out of 8. Come on! Now going to ruin me. Pass. Grosjean versus Magnussen. Now, I have picked Grosjean for this the last few years and then decided at the beginning of this year that Grosjean's let me down enough and I'm not going to pick him again. So, of course, he went and won this year, didn't he? <laughs> um, Grosjean, thanks to his ninth place at the Nürburgring, two points to his name. Kevin Magnussen, only one point for his 10th place finish at Hungary, even though he did finish ninth on track, he got the penalty uh, that saw him demoted to 10th. Now, which of us picked Roman Grosjean? That's Harry, the question. Harry did. The answer is none of us did. We oh, all went for Magnus. Oh, damn. I thought I got a clean sweep. No. Oh. We all went for K-Mag. Box office Magnuson couldn't beat Roman Bollard. That is... Oh. <laughs> Oh my! You know what? I'm sorry, Romy G. After what you've been through, you deserve someone to back you. And um, I feel a bit disappointed in myself for not giving it a go. Well, it's just that I, I backed him last year and Magnuson beat him, and I backed him the year before and Magnuson beat him. So I was like, well, three, three. It's got to be three in a row, right? Wrong. You, didn't you do that with Ricardo? Uh, I, I did that with Nico Hulkenberg that until. Was it. He finally lost to Daniel Ricciardo last year, which I got right. But yes. Oh, I'm quite bummed out. Sorry, Romy G. Yeah. So, K Mag, we're all wrong on that one. So, overall, uh, it's eight out of nine for Sam, seven for Harry. And I'm out of contention now because I've only got six. So, it's all about what happened on the last one. Um, and it, well, it's not all that exciting because Williams. Yeah. Depends how you see this one, really. George Russell did beat Nicholas Latifi. However, the only reason he beat him was because of his race in a Mercedes. Otherwise, it would have been Nicholas Latifi who won. Um, it doesn't really matter because we all went for Russell. So none of us is going to gain an advantage over the other. But um, I, I'm saying we're right with George Russell beating Nicholas Latifi, if we're going technically speaking. Yeah, he just needs to drive in a car that's four seconds a lap faster to do it. Yeah. Yeah, good strap. Right. So, just for actual clarification, there, due to obviously neither of them scored points in the Williams all season. So, due to where they ended up finishing across the season in their positions, has Latifi actually beaten Russell? Then, 
I mean, if you take away... Take away that one race. Take away the Merck race. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Latifi beats Russell. Wow. You know what? That's surprising. Well, Latifi got an 11th and Russell got an 11th, but I thought Latifi had two 11ths. Oh. Could be wrong on that. Well, you know what? That's pretty even, though. I mean, Georgie, Georgie Russ is the, the Saturday king, but Latifi, good job there. I've underestimated Latifi a little bit. Yeah, um, I'm selling him short, actually, Latifi. He got three 11th place finishes. He got one at the Austrian Grand Prix, the first race of the season. Had 11th at Monza uh, and then at Imola as well. Whereas Russell had 11th just once in the season, which was at Mugello. Um, but obviously the ninth place finish plus the fastest lap in, in Bahrain gives him the overall win. But I guess it's down to interpretation whether he beat Latifi or not. As we do this on points, I'm going to say that Russell did do it. But you know what? I think a little bit of a mini round of applause for Latifi there. That is quite under the radar, good form. Yeah. Um, so, oh, I can't believe I'm saying this. After Sam won Teammate Wars in 2019, it's not a Leicester City of the Formula One world because he's gone and done it again. Come Sam, on. nine out of ten. Harry's beaten me, which might be a low point for my life. Love. He's he's got eight <laughs> out of ten, um, and I've got I've only got seven. So well done, Mister Sage. I feel like the Fernando Alonso of teammate wars. Thank you. Just imagine me doing the little monkey dance he does out on the top of the car, but with Ben and Harry watching me in the crowd. Wee! I'm doing it on you guys. Ha <laughs> ha! You're losers. That's literally how I am right now. Um, and to be honest, as a as a trio, we've still got drivers and constructors to to run through in a second that's about as good as it gets oh (laughs) teammate wars was was our peak it it doesn't get much better um let's just take it there let's move on to constructors first of all um we predicted first second third best of the rest which didn't really exist but we'll say it's fourth um most improved team a team that's gone backwards and last place. So I guess the improved and gone backwards is open to interpretation, which we can discuss in a little bit, but the first few definitely aren't. We all said Mercedes were going to win the Constructors' Championship. So well done, us. Good job, lads. Yeah. Uh, And we all said Red Bull would finish second as well. Way. Now, (laughs) this is just brilliant. So I, I I was actually watching this video back earlier on, and Harry, you just find new ways to be wrong. <laughs> really? Did you say Renault were going to be third? No. Ha- <laughs> you were right in saying that Ferrari were going to struggle, Harry, because me and Sam both had <laughs> me and Sam both had Ferrari finishing third. Oh, no. uh, Harry was the visionary here <laughs> and knew that Ferrari were going to struggle, but you put Racing Point third. <laughs> <laughs> Still can't get it right. <laughs> oh no! Uh, Why am I so in bad? Fairness, like watching that video back, we are so shocked at your bold prediction of Ferrari not finishing third. So fair play to you. Yeah, you were closest on that one. Thank you. Yeah. Um. So none of us get any points for third place. So um, <laughs> best of the rest, technically, then is racing point. Um, but Harry, you picked Ferrari to be best. <laughs> I'm wrong every time. Um, and we both predicted McLaren. This is brilliant as well. 
me and Sam both predicted that McLaren would oh, be they racing got point. third. Oh, we got that right. That's good. But they got third. So it doesn't matter. We still don't get a point. Oh, this is a shambles. Folks, I hope you're counting along with your own charts at home and seeing how ridiculously bad you've done along with us. Yeah, please. I mean, we're 2-2-2 two, two, two at the moment because we both got first and we've all got first and second, right? But nothing else. Now, improved and backwards, we'll, we'll have to debate this. So myself and Harry both said the most improved team would be racing point. They moved up three positions in the championship overall. Uh, and Sam, you went for Alpha Tauri to be the most improved team. And they did improve their points tally. So do we all get points? Do none of us get points? What do you think? I think I think you guys definitely um, definitely get points. I think in terms of constructor standing, they moved up. I think that's that's great. Do they move up the most places out of any team as well? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, well, it, it, I think I think that definitely gets points, but I think Alpha Tauri also. Sh- I'm going to you know pitch my own stand here. I do think they should get points. They were challenging regularly up the front. They regularly got cars into Q3. They were a lot of backmarker team, but they were fighting with Haas and whatnot the season before. And <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. yes, circumstances allowed it, but they they got a wing. Um, so I do think that they were pretty damn improved, in my opinion. Uh, again, let us know, folks, uh, at Breaking on Twitter or on YouTube if you're there watching. Um, what do you think it's fair? I'm going to say I think it's, it's, a, it's a fair answer. I think it's a really weird one because the AlphaTauri managed to drop a, po- a place. Like they were sixth in 2019 and they were seventh in 2020. But they gained, I think, about 20 points, even with four fewer races. So it's a really weird one to analyse. I'm, I'm going to allow it. I reckon with a longer sp- season, they, they have got back up there. What are you saying, Harry? Yes, Christmas. Why not? Yeah, go on oh, then. You can have a present I'm getting. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so um, in terms of teams going backwards, I think that pretty much answers the question of whether me and Harry are getting a point on this one because we both said that Alpha Tauri would be the team that moves backwards the most, um, in which case we don't get points there. Um, the one up for debate is Sam saying Haas. Now, in terms of points, they did drop 2019 to 2020. In terms of championship position, they didn't. So, again, it's a bit of a debate. Mm, I don't think I get a point for this. They were bad in 2019. They were equally as bad in 2020. Um, I personally don't think it's a big enough drop to warrant... Who, what did you guys say again? I mean, we said Alpha Tauri, so we're not getting points for that. But mm, Yeah, I, I think I've definitely got a better answer, but I don't think it's a good enough answer. I think there's only one answer for this one, isn't there? Yes, it is Ferrari. Oh, I was going to say it was Mercedes. They're a shocker. <laughs> Sorry, Lewis. You're so, and then lastly, um, we predicted who would be last. Um, and myself and Harry will both pick up a point here because oh, we said Williams. I said Haas, didn't I? You did. You said Haas would finish last. Poo finish. heads. In fairness, you weren't far off. Um I mean, yeah, was it zero points to three? So there's not much in it, but it means overall for constructors, me and Harry take the tied win. So we both got four points and Sam gets three. Oh, I can't wait to watch you guys do a silly dance in front of me now. That's really come back to bite me. I got we got the now, drivers yet. <laughs> I know what oh, I <laughs> Now 
I've, I've done this in a certain order where Teammate Wars makes us look the best. So more people are going to be watching the first part of the podcast than the last part of the podcast, you see. Hopefully people have turned off now. Thank God because, no one sticks around. Yeah, it's a really good thing because these are pretty bad. Oh, no. <laughs> there are a lot of X's compared to ticks on my piece of paper right now. So should we start well? We'll start with, we predicted first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, most improved, backwards again, um, and then last place. First place, Sam, you predicted Lewis Hamilton would win the championship. You get a point. Yay. I, predict, I predicted Lewis Hamilton would win the championship. Oh, no. I get a point. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, it's right. <laughs> it's a back for Stafford. Harry, <laughs> who hates. He hates Lewis Hamilton. That's hate Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> he thought Max Verstappen would win the championship. Oh, you're a fool. Oh, dear. Oh, Harry, how do you feel, mate? It's not my finest hour. <laughs> <laughs> in, in fairness to you, I think we were all actually, uh, well, I wasn't. I was smarter than you two, but you two were in agreement that it would be neck and neck between the two of them. And no. Harry, Harry just decided it would be Max who pips Hamilton to the post. Harry, mate, it's fine. Last year, I said Leclerc was going to win the title, so you know we've all we've all been there. It's a fair point. Oh, uh, that is, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm still reeling off my loss in teammate wars, so I've got that one. Sorry, mate. Se- second place. Um, there are no points to be had whatsoever here because. Harry, you said Lewis Hamilton would finish second with Max Verstappen being first. Uh, But me and Sam both thought that it would be Verstappen who would get second place. It was close. It was close. No doubt about that. But no cigar. Um, Which you can can tell when when you get one wrong, you start to get more than one wrong. Because third place, we all put Valtteri Bottas, who of course (laughs) didn't finish third, he finished second. Oh, porridge man. Doing us proud. I wish I could say this is going to get better. Oh. It's not. Fourth place, Sergio Perez. I said Charles Leclerc would finish fourth because I was foolish and thought Ferrari would actually be okay. Well, so did I. So did Sam. Um, um, apparently, Harry is Alex Albon's biggest fan because he thought <laughs> Alex Albon would finish fourth. <laughs> Could you be more? That's as bad as Ferrari's season, that prediction. He was so close as well. Oh, In fairness, yes. <laughs> in fairness, Albon got closer to fourth than Leclerc did. So, yeah, uh, yeah I guess he technically win. Uh, and this is just this is another instance, fifth place, where Harry finds new ways to be wrong. <laughs> because Harry, you said, and I, I listened to the audio of this back. You said that Sergio Perez would finish fifth, and it was met by absolute gasps that me and Sa- from me and Sam that you would put him so high. And you weren't high enough. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so Harry. We were like, fifth place, Sergio Perez. Wow, that's a bold prediction. He actually beat, he actually finished fourth. Um, So yeah, you didn't get that one right, Harry. But good consolation is neither did me or Sam. So we say. So you said Alex Albon would finish fifth. That's not Um, that bad, one place off. No, and it's better than mine. I said Vettel would finish fifth. Lol. Oh, no. uh, and we we actually reversed on that, Sam. So for sixth place, Carlos Sainz actually finished sixth. I said Alex Albon would finish sixth, and Sam said Sebastian Vettel. Did you get that finish. right? No, Albon was seventh. Oh, of course he was. I forget how bad he is. Sorry. Yeah, I was one out. Um, and Harry, you said Charles Leclerc would be sixth. So 
if you are keeping score through six rounds here, Harry's got none. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> me and Sam are absolutely trouncing him with one. Oh, God, Harry's got none. <laughs> Seventh when- place. Do you remember when we said, do we know F1 about 10 minutes ago? (laughs) We don't. We really don't. So anyway, troubling the scoreboards when we go to seventh place, because Alex Albon finished seventh place. And If you've done the maths, we've already predicted him to be higher than this. So we're not going to get any points here. We have so Um, much faith in him. I said Perez would be seventh. um, And you both said Sainz would be seventh. So you're only one out, but... No cigar again. Harry's been won out about 19 times. It feels like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in fairness, I, I think pretty much nearly all of your predictions are won out. Um, right, most improved. This one again is an interpretation one. Uh, I am going to just say I didn't put a prediction in. I said Magnuson. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, so maybe not. Harry, you said, well, you said Antonio Giovinazzi. No, he did not improve. And Sam, you said George Russell. Yes, he was great this season. I definitely get a point. I think he was about as good as he was. He was in 2019. Bugger off. Everyone in the comments, back me up here. Anything, I think he was worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm surprised I've got any legs left amount of times you two pull them. He's not as good as Point or no point for Sam there, Harry. No, no point this time. It is Christmas. (laughs) Only Christmas once. (laughs) What's it robbed? I'm on two. Bugger off. (laughs) All right, you can have a... The driver that went backwards. So I went with Kimi Raikkonen. Eh. Which, I mean, he went from like 50 points to about four. So... Yeah. I'm going to say there's a case there. Sam, you went with Giovinazzi. Oh, okay. Well, if we, yeah, all right. And Harry went with Danny Kvyat. I think these are all par for the course. I, don't, I think we were all a little bit not risky enough with these last uh, at the start of the year. Yeah, maybe, maybe. No points. Good point. And then lastly, um, we went for who was last in the championship. Now, again, there's a bit of a technicality about this one because technically it was... Pietro Fittipaldi, who finished last, oh, and no, surprising, no, no. none of us went for that. So if we're ignoring him, it was Nicholas Latifi, in which case I get a point and Harry gets a point. Why don't I get a point? Did I say Magnussen again? I said no, Rojo, you said, didn't I? You said Romy G. I'm so sorry, Romy G. I'm so sorry. Which means, and this was a mega high-scoring round, Harry, you did end up getting one point thanks to Latifi. So you can send... 10 Canadian dollars his way. He'll need them. And me and Sam both got an almighty two. Wow. So we tie for the win there. Wow. This is this has gone well. I think we're going to have to retire. Can we just... No, it's all right. Just do teammate wars. It's fine. Yeah. Just, just if you've listened to the rest of this, just pretend you didn't. Yeah. And we'll come back in the new year knowing things again. We're definitely not trying to make this a career of ours, by the way. Nah. Not at all. Um, I, th- I think that is enough awful predictions for one evening. Hopefully you've enjoyed uh, listening along at home. Sam, if you wouldn't mind getting us out of here. 
folks, let us know what you put for each of the questions. If you can't remember them, rewind. You could do that. Technology is fantastic these days. And let us know in the comments. Um, share it with us on Late Breaking. Uh, ben, maybe stick a question up and you guys can reply uh, how you did in our most recent video. It'd be great to see if you've got more than us. Um, we've got plenty more content to come, by the way. Don't you think that just because it's Christmas and the season is over that we're going anywhere? Oh, no, 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 no. We'll be making much more silliness. Uh, we've got lots of new ideas coming. Uh, so stick around, please, because it's going to be good fun over the, the holiday break. And, of course, we'll then continue to the new year, add on to the winter testing in the new season. So, in the meantime, I've been Samuel Say. I've been Ben Hawking. I've been delayed. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> Keep breaking late. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.